0: Welcome back to this week's Ecosystem Podcast. Anybody around here have EMI and EMC issues? Anybody? Yeah, I thought so. That's why I've brought in today industry guru and expert and author Ken Wyatt of Wyatt Technical Services. We are going to offer some tips, tricks, and industry trends that will help you uh, solve your EMI and EMC issues right from your workbench. We'd like to encourage you to subscribe, and Ken has kindly offered us a free chapter from one of his books that is available for download at thedoubleecosystem.com. When you download, you will automatically be invited to our online community, and you will also receive our monthly newsletter that will provide continuing resources to help you grow in your career. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump into our conversation with Ken Wyatt. Well, hi, Ken. Thanks so much for joining us again. I'm excited to catch up with you since I missed you at DesignCon this year.
1: Well, it's nice to be here.
0: So I thought for our audience, we haven't talked about EMI and EMC in a while, and I know you are the EMC doctor and have taught me so much and so many um, through your consultancy and your company. So let's just jump right into your pers- your background, your perspective, and why you ended up focusing a great part of your career on EMI and EMC issues.
1: Uh, good question. Um, you know, a lot of EMC engineers end up in that position um, either by mistake or being in the wrong place at the wrong, at, at the wrong <laughs> time. and. <laughs> I uh kind of got my foot in the door at uh, Hewlett Packard and as an EMC engineer and you know in that position how uh, that was in the late 80s and um uh, the um R&D engineers uh, the designers at our division were working on about a dozen projects at once and about half those were failing emc and so i i really jumped into the fire at that (laughs) job but um you know i could see the the pain that the designers were facing because uh, largely emc is not really taught in university or college and uh, so designers normally have to deal with it um you know, uh, by, by failing many times. And uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's really hard to, um, to trial and error EMC mitigations when you don't really understand what's, what's happening. And so I, I could see their pain. Um, I brought in a lot of uh, EMC experts like Henry Ott and, and, um, uh, Daryl and, and some of those, um, notable, uh, instructors. And that helped a lot. But, uh, in the meantime, I was learning myself and, um, I, uh, you know, I had a chance to develop, um, some workbench level emc troubleshooting techniques and and uh, i I developed those techniques through the course of my career at uh, hewlett-packard and later uh, agilent technologies
0: so let me understand this right so what what you've observed is that people are learning by not understanding the principles that may be driving EMI, so they would create a physical product, test it, it would fail, and then they would make sort of informed or uninformed guesses at what caused the failure and then go back to the drawing board and sort of do that over. And what you're saying is you try to get ways to measure that from the benchtop before you got time in the chamber. Is that true?
1: Well, uh, true. Um, in fact, I took one of Henry Ott's ideas, um, where he suggested developing a a mobile EMC troubleshooting cart, mm. and um, with the ability to roll that into the um, the designer's cubicle or wherever they were working. Mm. And be able to perform tests right there, and help help them through the the physics of what's happening. I see. And so I, I took that idea um, and uh, developed a, a troubleshooting kit um, that eventually I wrote up in in a series of articles and and blogs, and and uh, now it's in book format.
0: So can you give us a sort of a a peek of what a few of the things on that cart
1: was? Oh, sure. Um, uh, The key ingredients were uh, spectrum analyzer, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, some near field probes, um, an RF current probe, uh, which a lot of designers weren't really familiar with that, but it's a way Mm -hmm. to measure minute RF currents on cables and because mm-hmm. cables are generally the the biggest offender for radiated emissions, it's it's nice to be able to characterize those currents. Uh, an oscilloscope is is pretty handy as well. And then, of course, uh, ferrite chokes and copper tape and aluminum foil. <laughs>
0: The aluminum foil cracks me up. <laughs> Do you put that on your head? <laughs> that's there's yeah, that's, a geek. It's joke actually in quite useful. <laughs> I bet. That's funny. So, as you kind of went through this over the course of your career, can you give us a few examples of the the most common sort of problematic areas of emissions or problems that engineers see?
1: Oh, great question. Um yeah, there's, there's really three very common failures that, that crop up all, almost all the time. Of course, the top one is always, uh, seems to be, radiated emissions. Um, and, you know, that's dependent on so many variables in your product that, uh, you know, you really have to understand... Um, designed for compliance right at the start mm. um, for for emc and uh, you know if, if this was taught um, in in you know uh, upper upper class college um, that you know that would change the, the picture quite dramatically but mm-hmm. um Yeah. So, so radiated emissions is always number one, um, as products get smaller and smaller and more mobile or body worn, um, and the circuit boards get smaller and, Mm -hmm. and the voltages that drive these circuits get, get smaller. You know, we've gone from five volt logic to 3.3 and some memory and processors, Use uh, 0.9 volts or lower. Mm. And so the uh, noise margin decreases to the point where Mm. um, electrostatic discharge now becomes an issue because it doesn't take much to disturb some of these digital signals anymore. Right. So ESD and irradiated immunity, where you know, nearby RF transmitters or walkie-talkies can affect your system easier. So those are the three, Mm -hmm. as radiated emissions, electrostatic discharge, and radiated immunity are really the top three that I have been dealing with for over 30 years now.
0: You and I have been on a little bit of a journey together over the last several years in which you were publishing the series of books you mentioned earlier um, that address some or all of those. So um, I've been watching you a bit on LinkedIn, which is why I want to reach out to you. And I'm seeing the feedback people are giving you in regards to those books. So can you give our audience just an overview of what those book titles are and and how that can help them get out of this EMC conundrum that they find themselves in?
1: Sure. Um so uh, this was actually an interesting project uh, that I took upon myself during the pandemic. <laughs> um, you know, my, my um, business decreased, uh, pr- pretty much went off a cliff. And <laughs> so it gave me some free time to, to actually do some writing. And so the first book I introduced was called Create Your Own EMC Troubleshooting Kit. And I made that a volume one. I, I, I had a, the idea to make it uh, three volumes. Um, so that, that first volume uh, went through a l- lists of different tools and probes and accessories that I found useful in my own troubleshooting. And uh, a lot of those items and instruments I, I have had a chance to review and use over the years so so I was able to provide some commentary and and review and and so forth and um, that that book was pretty popular when it came out hmm. in uh, October 2020 uh, I followed up with volume two which was all about emissions and so the the focus was really radiated and conducted emissions, and um, the techniques that I've developed to help troubleshoot those. Uh, It's also full of um, um, specialized measurements that help you understand uh, some of why we get failures in, uh, in emissions. Volume three is all about immunity. And so uh, the major focus there is is uh, um, electrostatic discharge and ways to trace the um, the ESD current. Um, once you know the path of current, you can you can add some mitigations easier. Um, it covers uh, radiated immunity and. Uh, some really clever, I think, ways of of inducing uh, immunity failures right on the on the workbench hmm. um, using localized RF sources. And um, uh, we also cover things like electrically fast transient and some of the other uh, immunity tests that that you run into. And, so. Um,
0: What's been the feedback? I've seen some kind of anecdotal feedback, as I said, on LinkedIn, one that I thought was really clever and, and really, you know, provoked me to to reach out to you is there, somebody had posted their, you know, in front of their desktop computer and they said um, something like, I always do EMC, workbench, whatever, and he just had all three of your books here's my emc <laughs> troubleshooting and he just had all three of your books on the table so i thought boy
1: what, what, it must
0: be received well if you know they're giving you that kind of feedback what what, what kind of things are you hearing um from people who have been well, accessing
1: your books um, i I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good a uh, good feedback um the books are sold i uh, actually print on demand through amazon And Amazon happens to have um, their marketplace websites pretty much worldwide. And so,
0: uh, worldwide
1: sales have been really good. Um, uh, I've been blessed with some good royalties.
0: (laughs) And um, uh,
1: the feedback has been great. Uh, uh, Engineers and designers, uh, I I, I really um, wrote these four product designers uh, not so much EMC mm-hmm. engineers although right. a lot of EMC engineers are appreciating the books as well mm-hmm. but uh, right. I, I'm getting some good feedback and um, and um, the sales still still uh, are are good um, we, we've great. had some fun uh, on uh, LinkedIn uh, doing some contests and things um, Volume one, I uh, re-released as a second edition, uh, several months ago. And, um, I, I offered if, if you, um, anybody that shows me a picture of all three volumes on LinkedIn, will Uh get a free upgrade to edition two. And so several, several designers and EMC engineers took me up on that offer.
0: I I see that's where those came from
1: all over the world. (laughs) Oh, that's nice.
0: What a clever marketing uh, idea. (laughs) Well, um, so to our audience, uh, I'm going to make sure I really wanted you to know about these resources because of things I've been seeing on LinkedIn and I've known Ken for a while. And the thing that was surprising to me, um, is, Every time I talk about EMI or EMC and I put that in a title of a podcast, the numbers spike. And I'm like, oh, Ken's not lying. This is a big problem, right? Because you can (laughs) tell people are really. And so, you know, this is why I wanted to revisit this subject to make sure to get, you know, for people to connect. Go ahead and connect with um, Ken on LinkedIn. He has a consulting company and these books. And we're going to put all those links for you in the show notes. Um, I also wanted to add right here that I talked my dear friend into sharing with me a free chapter excerpt so you can get a sneak peek of the content. Uh, Can we please remind me what that chapter is about?
1: Sure. Um, It's uh, chapter three in volume one, and it covers near field probes. And I would give several examples of uh, near field probes that you can either make or buy. And some uh, of some of the, some of the um, um, pros and cons, I guess, of, of different near field probes and how to use them and so forth. So it's uh, it's kind of a kind of a neat um, deal to, to introduce you to the books.
0: Yeah, I like that. You know, I have a question because I have a little background in the RF and wireless and field, board level, of course, but one thing I observed is, you know, we've been hearing for years now, right? The internet of things, now it's the internet of everything. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is going to create a little bit of a disaster because now that things with RF are being integrated in standard products and engineers are, are sort of getting baptized by fire into RF. And I'm thinking, Oh man, there's going to be EMI issues. There's going to be, you know, and so what's your experience there? Is it, am I pretty right on about this new messy introduction?
1: well, You know, one trend that I've seen over the past uh, almost decade is that manufacturers are starting to incorporate uh, wireless technology, either within existing products or new products. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, the problem that I see from an EMC point of view Mm -hmm. is that uh, there are a couple dominant um, energy sources on on the circuit boards themselves that tend to okay. couple in to the wireless receiver and mm-hmm. cause um, cause it to lose sensitivity mm. and uh, this is especially bad uh, for uh, products that utilize uh, cellular lte uh, bands in the in the six 600 to uh, 800 megahertz band in particular. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And and I'm finding that uh, digital bus noise um, is broadband enough to reach up in those hundreds of megahertz, as well Mm -hmm. as uh, DC to DC converters, which is really the the worst um, noise source generally on on the circuit boards and and it's not unusual to have three to five of these dc to dc converters on your board and if if their broadband uh, switching uh, frequencies uh, get up into the cellular band uh, it can reduce the sensitivity to the point where the cellular providers won't allow the the product on their Mm. system because they require a certain sensitivity um, uh, in the receivers so that they don't have to uh, boost their transmit power on the cell sites
0: which can cause
1: cell site to cell site interference and so forth so so um, you know certain sensitivities are required and if you don't meet that sensitivity again uh, like any EMC issue uh, it's back and forth to the test lab and trying to figure out how to reduce the uh, the couplings of these energy sources from getting into your receiver. And so that's um, hmm. that's actually a chapter in the emissions book of volume two.
0: Okay, that There's was going to be. On,
1: on wireless, um, r- r- you know, uh, designing your product to reduce these. Um, onboard uh, energy source couplings
0: <laughs> mm. that was what i was going to ask you is if this was covered in your books because i'm seeing a variety of pain points r- being raised over this issue and they're all different including this one that's interesting that the signal actually gets what's the word <laughs>
1: well and it it's dependent a lot oh, on right. the stack up of the board it it turns out um, oh interesting the uh general you know if you if you understand the physics of uh, digital signal propagation uh, within a circuit board um, you'll understand that uh, digital signals propagate as electromagnetic waves uh, that Mm. propagate between the circuit trace and the return plane and if that path is broken anywhere, that electromagnetic wave, in the form of a digital signal, or say a DC to DC converter switching noise, can leak out throughout your board and couple into a to the wireless antennas or directly into the receiver itself. Hmm. And so, um, you know, the, if you don't get the stack up right, where every signal layer needs to have a a a solid return plane and every power layer has to have the same um, then you know you're you're leaving yourself wide open for internal couplings within your circuit board that can affect the performance of the wireless device
0: so say in regards to the stack up um I was speaking to actually a company who is a sponsor of the podcast, Avish Tech, and they're trying to get typically stack up modeling software has really looked almost singularly at impedance. And now they're looking at their tools are becoming available to look at these other things, which I think is really empowering. And I know Keysight has come out with something that they're, you know, there's more than one company trying to solve this through better software sites. Oh, yeah. Um, so you obviously address this in your book, and you mentioned Henry Ott, who is really iconic, um, getting up in years, but so many engineers I know cite him as a, you know, a great teacher or, or reading books or meeting him in person. For our audience, is there, beside your books and perhaps Henry Ott, Or finding tools like the ones I mentioned, is there what other recommendations? Sometimes I I don't want to bring up the problems without giving good solutions. So, are there other resources that were particularly helpful to you along the way or that you would recommend outside the books that you've carefully um, curated (laughs) through the School of Hard Knocks and experience?
1: Yeah, I, I actually have a list of recommended books in volume one. <clears throat> oh, great. And uh, there, there are several very good ones out there. Um, Henry Ott's book is good. Um, and uh, Dr. Clayton Paul is, is a good one. But uh, there, there are many, many um, bo- books out there that um, that are really excellent. Um, Dr. Eric Bogaton has written several books on, on, uh, PC board layout and, um, oh, signal integrity and power integrity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, um, s- signal integrity, power integrity and EMC really all mm-hmm. go together. You sure do. Uh, if you, if you, um get one right you generally get the other two right so yeah. uh, so they're all related
0: they certainly are uh, uh, one thing i always cracked up that steve sandler told me he says judy do you really think when the electrons are moving around they raise their hands and say i'm a signal integrity electron and the other one says <laughs> i'm power integrity he goes they're all electrons it's how they're interacting with different things i'm like that's hilarious yeah You know, but (laughs) I've learned from people like you and Sandler and Bogut that it's kind of like a Venn diagram and they interact a different different way based on on physics. So, well, great. Thank you so much for for um, sharing your knowledge with the audience today. It's been a delight to catch up with you and to share these resources. And congratulations on all three books. I guess that's a silver lining to covid for you. Um, Yeah. Uh, Tell our customers the name of your company. Uh, They can uh, obviously connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, And I know that you do consulting, you know, with companies directly and some training. How else can our um, audience tap into you and your company, Ken?
1: Um, Actually, the best way to connect with me is either through LinkedIn or uh, through my website, uh, emc-seminars.com.
0: Okay, great. For audience, I'll make sure and share those in the show notes. Ken, I know you're a busy guy and I got to let you go, but thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share. share well, thanks your, so much, Judy. Yeah. It's always a joy to spend time with you and learn from you. For our audience, thanks so much for joining today. I'm positive you've gleaned some good nuggets from Ken Wyatt. And thanks for joining us today. I'll put all, all the resources we've discussed in the show notes please, please, please take a moment to subscribe and like so we can bring you more great experts like Ken Wyatt. We'll see you next week. Until then, remember to always stay connected to the ecosystem.